what are you drinking today? I'm drinking Twisted Tea. Twisted what are you drinking, Amanda? I am drinking a Svetka Cucumber Lime Vodka with Strawberry Seltzer. Did you say Svetka? I did say Svetka. Cucumber Lime Vodka. It's refreshing. <laughs> Perfect. Yay. Cucumber. Actually, the Cucumber Lime Svetka Vodka is really refreshing. It is refreshing. It's like a summer trip to the beach. Welcome to this episode of Veterans Drinking Vodka. We believe that every veteran has a story to tell and we are here to tell it. We have found that being a service member is easy, but while being a veteran, it can be hard to navigate. In this episode, we are talking to Nick Rogers. He served in the United States Army from 2009 to 2013 as an interrogator. How are you doing today, Nick? I'm doing great. Good. What are you drinking? (laughs) I'm uh, drinking Sprite (laughs) and vodka. Sprite Sprite and vodka. You know, that actually has a name. It's called a Greek goddess. Oh, nice. Cheers to the Greek goddess. Cheers (laughs) to the Greek goddess. Uh, Will, tell us how your journey started and where are you from? So I live in... Iowa. I live in Des Moines. So in 2009, I decided I wanted to join the army to get my college paid for. So I decided to join and enlisted and went to basic training and realized once I got there that they weren't going to pay for my my student loans because I had private student loans. And so I was already there. So I said, hey, why not? Let's just keep going and we'll just get a GI bill. So just did that. And I said, I wanted a computer job. And, or a desk job, and the first thing they found for me was an interrogator. So I took the job, wanted to be at a desk. <laughs> <laughs> and did that job allow you to be at a desk? Um, yes and no. So I got the opportunity to, to sit and talk to people on a daily basis, but it was also attached to an infantry unit. So I was out with you know the 112 infantry out of Fort Carson, and helped them with their missions and things like that. But I was definitely on the outskirts of everything where the, where the battle was actually happening. So it was a desk work, but also a lot of field work. Very cool. And where are you from? So I'm originally from Kirksville, Missouri. So I moved from Missouri up here to Iowa after college. So you were just pretty much all stay here. around a Midwest boy. Yeah. Hey, cheers to the Midwest. Cheers to the flyover state. Hey, Iowa grows corn, though. They do grow corn. Is that your main crop in Iowa is corn? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a farmer, so they grow anything else in Iowa? Corn? No. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. No, just corn? corn. 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 So going off of why you joined and how you got into the... Army, um, what were your duty stations and did you have a favorite one? Um, So when I was at AIT, I was given a paper that said I might be going to Korea or I might be going to Fort Carson, Colorado. I ended up going to Fort Carson, which is in Colorado, of course. That was my only duty station. So I was there for four years or three years and 52 weeks, I guess. Uh, But Down to the week. Um, that was my favorite one since that was my only duty station. And so, so was, I loved it. There was mountains there. And, and then you it was great deployed. for the family. Yeah. And then, so you went to Colorado and that's where you deployed from or. Yep. So I, I deployed with Fort Car at Fort Carson 
um, with the 4th BCT. So I deployed in 2012 to Afghanistan and got to use my human skills as a 35 Mike and went to a small combat outpost in Afghanistan. And I was there for nine months. So it was a lot of, a lot of fun, but a lot of stress too. Absolutely. So do you have a great active duty story to tell us today? I mean, so we have to tell him that it's a oh. sea story. A sea it's story. A, what? a sea story. We call them sea stories. Oh, okay. I don't do you guys um, have do you have a name for like your active duty stories? You know, I'm not really really they sure usually, to be honest. They usually start with this one time I was drinking vodka. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers, Cheers to that. that. That is how every great naval story starts. <laughs> no, um, when I was deployed, though, I, I, I do have a funny story. I was, I got there and I could grow facial hair out, but my facial hair hadn't grown in by the time I got to Afghanistan. And I was meeting with high ranking, you know, Afghan army people and, and the police department there. And they were making fun of me for like the first three months because my facial hair wasn't growing in and uh, they kept calling me their little chai boy and they kept coming up and rubbing my face uh-huh. because they liked, they liked my smooth face. So they, they really found me attractive or something. So, <laughs> but uh, I finally grew out my facial hair and then they stopped making fun of me and, and touching my face so much. <laughs> so it made my conversations a little more smooth. So it was a lot right. of fun though. Right. Um, as an interrogator, did you have to know multiple languages? So I did learn Pashto while I was there or before going to Afghanistan. So I learned that language. That's one of the dialects they speak in Afghanistan. So I learned some of that and was able to go over there, was able to detect, you know, if my interpreters were speaking correctly or not. We were able to get a lot of information collected and I was able to pick up on some of the, the things that they were saying without having an interpreter around. So right, it was really nice having, having that language on, without having to rely on someone else. Yeah. That is so cool. And then after you got done with active duty, how was your transition from being active duty to being a veteran? So the hardest part for me was right after I got out, I had a hard time um, going to meetings because I was so used to showing up 15 minutes prior and I'd get to a meeting and everybody's like, the meeting doesn't start for another 15 minutes. Why are you doing, what are you doing here outside the conference room waiting? So for me, that that's been a struggle. Um, Cause I'm so used to being early for everything. And then having to like procrastinate to the meeting, you know, like, okay, I guess I can come like one minute before and then still be there on time. So that was the, right. that was the biggest struggle for me. Um, so yeah, I was used to people life. yelling at me. So you know, like taking direction for people. I'm, I'm being able to communicate with people now a little bit better now. So. Oh, that's good. So did you find it hard when you first got out to communicate with people that didn't have the same kind of background as you? Yeah. It took me a little bit of time to adjust the way I was speaking to people. Cause when you get out as a, like an NCO, you want, you want to talk down sometimes to people, but not really like talk down to them, but you talk differently to people if they're not your peer. So me being able to transition how I was talking to people took a little bit of time to get used to. But with my skills that I had in the army, I was able to adapt to that pretty quickly. But at first, the first month probably that I was out, I struggled with that quite a bit. And did you have any other struggles when you 
transition, just readjusting to being in, in like civilian life? Yeah, I, I was very social when I was active duty. So I had a lot of friends within the unit. And so when I separated, I didn't have those people as often. I couldn't see them every day. I couldn't talk to them. And it was harder just to communicate with them on a daily basis. So making those, having those connections for after I got out was a little difficult um, because I, I couldn't communicate with them on a regular basis. So I struggled with that. And when I, when I got back, I, I still maintained some of those connections, but it's not as active as I, as I used to be. Did you find it harder to make friends when you got out? That's something that I personally struggled with was it was so easy to yeah. build a circle of friends that I could trust and that I knew I could trust with my life, basically, when I was in the service. And then when I got out, I, I moved to a place where I didn't know anyone. And there were so many people that had lived here their whole lives and already had that, that circle of like childhood friends that like, how do you penetrate that? And so I felt alone a lot. So I, another hard part was, um, people thinking they knew about the military. So trying to make those connections, they were like, Oh, I know people that have been in the military. I know what you've been through. You know, my, my parents were in or whatever. Um, so they were trying to, I don't know, trying to, be on my good side and, and try to be my friend. But I could see, you know, I could see through that, like you never deployed, you never, you never, never in the military. So you don't know what it was like. And so I had a hard time adjusting to that because I was just, since you hadn't been through it, it was hard for me to, to make that connection with people, even though they might have some knowledge, but for me, it was difficult because I was belittling that. So yeah, like they didn't understand what your, experiences were so it made it hard for them to or it made it hard for you to relate to what they thought they knew yeah and then we come back and we don't want to tell people what we did right so how do you explain to someone what your world was actually like without actually telling them what your world was like did you find it hard to write a resume when you got back um i i didn't i i actually had a really good a cap which is when you get out your transitioning program. I had a really good teacher during that class. Oh, um, you're so, one of the lucky ones. Not very many people get that. So they, they had somebody Cheers come Cheers to being lucky to get in a proper, uh, <laughs> yeah, a proper transition class. class. Yeah. Because I didn't have that. Like mine covered <laughs> the very basics and Amber didn't get to go at all. So we were kind of navigating on our own. On our own completely. Yeah. So during that, during that process, they, they had people do like interview techniques and resume report or writing and things like that for civilian jobs, as well as DOD jobs, like for contract jobs. So we got to learn how to write different types of resumes for different things and how to use keywords from, you know, resumes, you know, like, um, job postings and things like that. So I got a lot of experience on doing that. So when I got out, I didn't really have a hard time finding a job. Um, cause my resume was pretty solid and right. you were able to put the right words into the resume that related yeah. to your job in, in the civilian terms. Yeah. Very cool. Not very many people get that opportunity. So that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so did you, did you, you're take one a of the lucky ones. I know <laughs> for sure. Were you able to get a job close to what you were doing in the army? No, actually doing interrogations is a really hard job to get into unless you want to become a police officer. Mm-hmm. And work your way f- from the bottom up to get to that point. So that was very difficult trying to find a job like that. So 
I already had a background in computers before I joined the military. So I went back to doing computer help desk stuff, doing desktop support, server support, and finally working my way up to information security type of work. So oh, that's cool. Is that, does that require any math? No. Oh, nice. Any of our previous podcasts, you will understand the hatred that Amanda and I have for math. <laughs> <laughs> the math that we do do is it's all done on the computer. So it's already pre-configured, you know, like, nice. so you'll never have to physically figure out how to do it. So that's, <laughs> that's the best incredible. way. <laughs> you don't have to hire a tutor to get through your job. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Amanda. Yes. Cheers to not having to hire a tutor. Cheers to not having to hire a tutor. Cause we all know that I paid a lot of money for my tutor, but I got through college algebra. Oh my <laughs> Finally, which blows my mind because I was able to control airplanes on a ship that had a while moving, they're flying in the air that had a moving runway and recalculate a course for them like no problem. But you put me into a college algebra class and I had to take it four times and I cried like way more than that because of it. So like I don't I don't know. I don't think that when teachers tell you that you're going to need to have to know algebra for anything but college, like, I think they're lying. Like, I think that's a lie. Math is a lie. Math. It makes no sense. Like, you either, like, add numbers or you don't. But, like, what is X? I don't know. Just a letter. Unless you're into math and then you know exactly what it is. How are you doing now, Nick? that you are, you're, you're a newer veteran, aren't you? You've only been out of the reserves for a little while. Yep. So I just got out of the reserves in August of this year. So it, it's not really that much of a transition. I like my freedom now, not having to worry about driving to drill and being away from my family for the weekends and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I think I'm doing really well now. No more traveling, no more 30 day schools, 60 day schools. So it's, it's pretty nice not having to worry about having to be gone a lot. And my civilian job loves it too, that I'm not gone. Yeah. That you're, that you don't have to leave for the reserves. Were you ever concerned about having to, um, having to deploy with the reserves and then leaving Um, your job for, you know, six to nine months? Right. So in my unit, they are, you know, the unit I just got out of, they are doing a lot of the hurricane relief type of stuff. And they do a lot of the help and set up for the COVID-19 thing, the pandemic relief stuff. So I was glad that I didn't end up having to go for any of that because I was like, I'm getting ready to get out. Please don't send me. Please don't send me. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad, you know, like they're doing a great job in what they do, but right. I'm glad I didn't have to go. Right. Because then you would have been away from your family for a long period of time. Yeah. And those hurricanes just keep coming. So like, who knows? Right. Would have had to be down there. They're, they're just lined up, ready to come in through the Gulf. So if you had any advice for veterans, because you are a newer veteran, if you had any advice for those that are just getting out and preparing for their own journey on civilian or military to civilian, what would that advice be? I'd say if you're still in, try to use the, the benefits that you can get, like the tuition assistance stuff, you know, try to use that before you get out. 
when you do get out, try to get, you know, if you're going to technical stuff, try to get some certifications because those are going to be very beneficial. Um, if you're going to like computers or, you know, security or anything that along those lines, project management stuff, certifications are going to get you a long way in most of the industries. Um, that could be banking, that could be, you know, any financial, that could be any type of business insurance, whatever. So certifications, use your GI Bill if you've got it. Education is probably the number one as a, as a transitioning soldier or a, a service member to try to, to try to get in a good job when you get out. That's going to be dependable. It's going to pay quite a bit. Definitely. There are a million resources available to you before you get out if you just look for them. Yep. So if any of our listeners would like to contact you, if they had any questions or just needed someone to talk to, where can they find you? I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. It's Nicholas Rogers. I live in Des Moines, Iowa. So it's pretty easy to find me. You'll see that I'm a member of mil- or was in the military. So that's pretty easy to find me that way. Also on TikTok, make a lot of just silly videos, but that's N underscore Rogers 85. So you can find me there. But that's pretty much it. So I don't do Facebook and all that stuff. <laughs> Maybe I'll jump on the bandwagon one of these days. But Definitely. If you jump on, make sure you follow our page, Veterans Drink. Right. And TikTok is kind of a newer thing for people. So what was your inspiration for becoming a, a TikToker? Uh, my kids were doing it. And I thought, you know what, how, how else can I embarrass them? That sounds like the perfect reason to do it. Um, Hold on. Cheers to TikTok. <laughs> Cheers to TikTok. Yeah, I did I did a video dancing inside of an aisle in Target. Like my son was so embarrassed. Like so now I just make crazy videos just Yeah, just to aggravate your know. kids. It's just fun. Right, right. I know my poor son has grown up with me as his mom and his village being just as inspirational. So um, he, he's come to embrace it. We've, (laughs) we forced him to dance with cartoon dressed characters on the side of the road before we do everything we can to embarrass him on a regular basis. So that's awesome. Get that. (laughs) Poor Gabe. I was like, bless your heart. You are such a good spirit. (laughs) Poor Gabe. Poor Gabe. I can't even say poor Gabe anymore. He's grown up with us. I know he's, He's something special for sure. Now if he, he wasn't getting it. if he wasn't getting shenanigans, then he'd worry about something being wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that kid has put up with a lot. a lot. He comes from a dual military family, so and then he got the full effect of like all the veterans that he got to grow up around. So <laughs> he's he's ready for life. I think that's awesome. He is. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting semi-emotional right now, even though you never get emotional. But I know. Ready. My baby. Guys. <laughs> he's about to be an adult. He's going to be 17 in a couple of weeks. All grown up. Right but yeah, so Amber, do you want to discuss the charity that we're supporting? So our charity, our main focus is the Till Valhalla Project and their support and mission of the 20 of 22 a day, which is 22 veterans killing themselves every day. And it's an astronomical number. So if you want to support them directly, you can go to Till Valhalla Project or you can support them through us 
any donations were received goes to to supporting their mission. And where can people see us, contact us, get in touch with us, or anything else, Amanda? Well, if you would like to contact Amber or I, we can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Veterans Drink and Vodka. Or you can email us directly at veteransdrinkandvodka at gmail.com. Please, 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 please um, reach out if you would like to tell your story and be a guest on our podcast. You can send us an email at the email address that Amanda just mentioned or direct message us at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. If you like our podcast, subscribe on Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and Amazon. Also, please leave a review. Um, let us know what you think. We appreciate your feedback and only want to make what we are trying to accomplish better. 22 is 22 too many. One is too many. And you're never alone. Veterans drinking vodka. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.